0: So, Lisa, I know that we keep each other on the hotline through text, but on the night of March 27th, I laughed until I cried when I saw the text you sent me. Because I was minding my own business, not paying attention to the little gold statue. And what did I get in my text messages? Did Will Smith just punch Chris Rock? That's the text I got from Dr. Ingerfield, y'all. That's what I got. Yeah, because... in
1: true style I missed it completely because I was in the kitchen I don't know doing something irrelevant and uh the sound went off and I figured oh my dog's just eating the remote control or something and I turn around to see Will Smith mouthing like silently <laughs> expletives you know and wow. was when I was like I felt like I just missed something I am gonna text my friend Shauna because she will know <laughs>
0: Yes. And so I was minding my own business. And the next thing I know, I see a very explicit Australian uncensored video of what just happened between Will Smith and Chris Rock. So I think we need to discuss this. In fact, I think it needs to be discussed with reinforcements because that's how deep this thing goes. Okay. So Lisa, let's get started invite in our reinforcements and decide where we land with this one. I'm Dr. Shauna Payne-Gold, and I go by she, her, her pronouns. And I'm Dr. Lisa Ingefield, and I go by she, her, hers. Welcome to Unfazed, a podcast to disrupt your normal and challenge your brain to go the distance. So, Lisa, I am super-duper excited. I know we're not even going to have enough time to really go everywhere we want to go, but I'm hyped because we have two incredible guests, one of which has already been a guest on this podcast before, Malika Scales. How are you, my friend? I'm well, and thank you for having me back. Awesome. Yes, the, uh, the coach with the most, um, and also... <laughs> And also a triathlete as well. We uh, attempted to do the Chicago triathlon together, but uh, the swim was not having us that time. Not having so it, was not, not having, having it. it.
2: Mm-mm, mm-mm. And
0: then we also have the incomparable Andrea Rodriguez here with us, my principal research assistant with Gold Enterprises. But let me just say, look, she has been 5k in it since she was nine years old. Okay, yeah. so yes, we are not to be toyed with. How are yeah. you, Doctora?
3: I'm good. I'm excited for this conversation, being on this podcast with three brilliant humans and talk un poquito de chisme, you know?
0: Si, si, si. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yes. Yeah, so we're, Lisa, going back to my Americanized uh, language, we're going to spill all the tea on what's going on with yep. Will and Chris. But yeah, what did y'all think? Because did y'all go through the, I can't believe it mode? Because I went through that for a few minutes, but then I was like, nah. I mean, was it a place where, like, someone had to convince you it was real? Because we're talking about actors here, right? When when did we realize that it wasn't even scripted?
2: Well, absolutely. I'm happy to jump in here. Um, I was watching it with my husband, and so we we're following it. And then we had this, lo- this look at each other like, something ain't right. Like, did we just see what we... And mm. I- as we're gazing at each other with that 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 conversation... Um, we turned back to the camera to see um, Mr. Smith's uh, verbal (laughs) verbal expression being muted and we were like oh my god like I I don't consider myself a lip reader but I was very fluent in lip reading that night it was very clear and that's when I said this is not something uh, they planned on this is not this is real time and even Chris's attempt to kind of say like okay like like you could hear it in his voice, like, oh, oh we, we got to stop whatever's happening right here. I can, that, that break in his voice was like, okay, I won't, you know, in terms of keeping his, her name out of his mouth. That's when I said, okay, he's uncomfortable. He's trying to stop the bleeding, so to speak. Um, and we knew like, we have a situation on our hands that, that no one could have ever imagined. Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Andrea, what about you?
3: I was already sleeping my bed so exhausted from that day, snuggling up with my little pet bunny. And I my phone is going ding, 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 ding. Like all the tweets are coming in. And I'm like, but that just really happened. Will Smith just do this? I'm like, I don't know what nonsense is happening. So I was like, let me just open my laptop real quick. And you see all over like Will Smith punches Chris Rock. I was like, no, he did not. And then I saw the Australian unedited version. Mm. So I think to Malika's point, i don't read lips but when he was like i was like oh that was not scripted at all because i have seen that mm-hmm. so many times from where i come from you know i was like yeah you don't do that mm-hmm. but and then the australian one the japanese one and they they put it all over twitter and i was like oh yeah that was not scripted at all and it was so clear that they the producers were trying to figure out what should we do uh, should we go to break should we that's her we, they didn't know and chris rock i think Melissa, you said. Melissa He really was trying to figure out what to do next. So it's like not make it even more uncomfortable for everybody.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, Lisa, you're our language guru. My question, Mm -hmm. um, even as I'm thinking about it, because, you know, Andrea, you brought up a really good point around, you know, Did did Will punch him? Did Will slap him? Like even when I saw the headlines that came out the week after, even the language was inconsistent. You know, it's Will punched, uh, you know, Will punched him or Will open handed slapped him or Will accosted him. Like it was different language with all of the media outlets. And I'm no journalist at all, but I could clearly see the inconsistencies. And I'm like, what does the inconsistencies say about how we perceive Will? and or Chris at that point, because people weren't just saying, okay, the slap heard around the world that that wasn't a consistent message. It was really different. And I wonder if there was anything to that as a non-journalist.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's a great point, actually. I just think folks were really taken aback by it. Um, And particularly that Will Smith wasn't escorted out. (laughs) Like there wasn't any apparent consequence for him in the moment. And then, um, he gets the Best Actor Oscar, which, you know, side point, I thought was well-deserved. Um, and, you know, and then doesn't apologize to Chris Rock in the um, his speech, but apologizes to the Academy, right, which I thought was pretty interesting. So that was a, from a language point of view, that was kind of interesting. But I wonder whether the inability to define the physical assault that happened was woven into journalists not knowing how best to articulate this act of violence from someone unexpected and also for between two black men and the larger connotations perhaps or assumptions and stereotypes that might get pulled into it and so every news outlet's doing their own little dance there because we know news outlets and media outlets are primarily run by white people right so I I that I'm just speculating that that could have something to do with it.
0: Mm, mhm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, it just I was so confused. I mean, I'm still confused to this day because different language was used, you know, and I know that a media is going to interpret things the way they want to. I was still I mean, I'm still hearing conversations even to this day about mm, I'm still doubtful that it was real and not scripted. But, you know, for me it's kind of like, okay, how how defensible is this exactly? I mean, how defensible is it? Am I being too sensitive about a joke, you know, because I, a lot of people don't know a lot of history of black comedians, but I mean, if you go back as far as moms, maybe if you go back to Eddie Murphy, if you go back to Richard Pryor, this is light work compared to what they used to say about people and using the N word rampantly and all this other stuff. I'm, mm, I'm, I'm still torn. I'm still torn about how to even respond on what both of them did because as a black woman, I'm like, okay, we're tired of being the brunt of jokes. We're tired. We're tired. Um, but I don't condone putting your hands on anybody. Like even Mr. Williams, whom Will Smith portrayed, said, "I don't believe in violence against anyone unless you're defending yourself." Well, was Will defending himself? I don't know, Mr. Williams. Good question. Um, so I'm I'm still in this you know whole confusion piece. But what would have been the alternative, right? Should I don't even know how Will should have responded or. Is there an option of how he could have responded?
2: I've thought about this a lot, um, and I'm going I'm to go ahead and for the record. Say I am a, a huge Will Smith fan, so I'm not even going to lie. I, that's we go way back <laughs> to his music, to Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Uh, recently, listened to his audiobooks. So I felt like I was hanging out with him, you know, just him being able to narrate his own book. Um, so I'll put that disclaimer out there, and then I'm also going to critique him critically. Um, I honestly have thought about if he had just shouted from his chair, you know, these those expletives, would that have been better, you know, because it wouldn't have been the physical violence. Would he would he be not that that's, you know, socially acceptable, but could he have expressed his verbal outrage, not been threatening getting out of his chair? Um, would that have been OK? Hmm, you know, one can argue yes or no. Um I think by the time he gets out of his chair and to confront him, something's going to happen, right? Um, Some people have said, you know, he could have whispered in his, you know, in his ear, like, man, you know, and, and then sat down and, you know, Chris Rock might've had this look like he just seen a ghost, like, okay, like, you know, that's still considered a threat, but are there other things that could have been acceptable? And I'm going to do a tangent to your question, just to say that I think one of the reasons it's so complicated is I don't, even as you hear Will Smith and his mom reflect upon his behavior, um, in my opinion, he was clearly responding to something else. It wasn't just that moment. And I'm not trying to justify his behavior by any stretch, but I think when you don't deal with the root cause of your own individual issues, right? The issues of, you know, feeling like a coward, the issue of not protecting your family, not protecting your mother from the abuse that she suffered from your your father, and been very public about how your personality has really been derived out of this sense of not being enough to be responsive in the moment. Um, And so here comes this big, willy personality, the man that jumps out of helicopters over the Grand Canyon, and the man that has this discovery science Um, exposure where he goes into live volcanoes like everything's like I ain't scared everything in his personality and his behavior can I can seize the moment I can do the hard shit right Um, I think that could have been a demon for him in terms of him saying how do I seize this moment in this in this time and it's totally connected to a whole nother experience so That's a good question, Shauna, because the question is, what was he actually responding to? And that helps to really question then what was the response, right? Like, if you think about what was he really responding to, that then Mm -hmm. serves like the foundation for then what was the appropriate response? Because if he he had taken a moment to really reel himself in, but I think he was so hellbent on not being a coward that the big shit seemed attractive. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, and, you know, you're bringing up a good point, Malika, because I feel like two demons were fighting each other on that stage. Because before this, I didn't know that Chris Rock had been slapped in the face and held at gunpoint many years ago. Mm. And so the slap for him may have affected him yes. with, you know, taking well, obviously, obviously, right. ridiculously, but also throwing him back into history.
2: Right, right. You know,
0: on some things that he's experienced as well. So I'm wondering if it's like two demons fighting each other right there, because you have two black men who have histories that are fighting each other on a very public stage. Yes. And that was I I also listened to Will Smith's audio book, but I was not aware of Chris Rock's um, I don't know if it was a a carjacking or something, but he was held at gunpoint after a slap. And that's part of his history.
2: That's part of his history. Right. And then there's a history of Will of Chris Rock making fun of Jada and Will in the 2016 Oscars. And so I don't know, was there a moment where he's like, man, you want my wife again, as you open the Oscars again, like how many things were triggered and um, many people have made of his like laugh. And I. I argue if his initial response was a real response, I, I almost see it as like that Hollywood room that that oh, like that the flow of delivering the laugh to the joke, and then you really hear like, wait a minute, what am I laughing at? Like, did he really hear the punch? And I'm not saying because I was ready to laugh, but I was like, I don't get it. It's not funny. Like, what is what's the joke? And then you process it. And so I'm just wondering in this um, in the spirit of this Hollywood. You know, arena. Was there this this um, almost like you hit the audio, the applause, right in the in the, in the sitcom? How they hit the applause button and everybody claps, right? You hear the punchline and everybody laughs. And then is there a processing moment where he's like, "Oh my gosh, you just you just came after my wife," and I'm laughing. And that made I've got to fix it immediately. Um, again, on the record, not a proponent of violence in any form. It's not acceptable. I'm just wondering. It's it's too big of a moment. For Will Smith to fuck up (laughs) so it has to be something else like that's the easy part for him to be a violent uncontrolled man that's an easy answer that to me that doesn't reflect critical thinking so then what was really at play for Will in order for him to respond in such a huge way on the biggest night of his life I mean his 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 uh work is deep you can say the, the Pursuit of Happiness and Muhammad Ali. And there's so many movies where people felt he deserved best um, best actor and deservedly really so for um, King Richard. But he knew why he was there. So what was really at play that made him be that dismissive and disconnected to the, be- the biggest night of his life?
1: Oh, you just that's just so. I feel a bit speechless, Felika, because your analysis is so awesome and so on point. And then I think about um, my like work in anti-violence in the anti-violence field, and then also kind of how um, you know intimate partner violence, domestic violence, generational, and children learn it from their parents. And then so that he is responding in the way that you articulated with violence, right? It just reinforces that generational piece. Mm -hmm. um so you just like complicated it like a thousand times more for me in thinking about how he was responding which is good and I think for the listeners the four of us were on this text chain for the last like nine days
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: like backwards and forwards getting deeper and more messy and more complex with more questions and less answers yeah about this right like on its face it could you could say he shouldn't have done it boom right
2: Mm -hmm. but
1: There's a lot more there, I think. And when we think about the Oscars, also the individual who was producing the Oscars is a black male, right? And I think he may have been the first
2: um, black
1: male to have um, produced the Oscars. So then you've got this whole other issue that's happening there, right? What does it mean to disrupt such a performance on such a night? And then with Jada Pickett-Smith, I think I was going, one of the things that hit me was what about her voice, right? Like, so mm-hmm. in that moment, she was silenced again, right? Mm-hmm. So in that, this whole kind of like patriarchal, traditional, mm-hmm. macho, I'm going to protect you. But what about her? What does she want, right? She was mm-hmm. the butt of the joke. Didn't she actually have the right to
0: control how the response was? I don't know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, now, Lisa, that's a good question, because let me let me throw to you what my mom threw at me when we were having this conversation. My mother felt like the type of relationship they seem to have should predicate his behavior, meaning that it's been relatively well documented that Jada has done a few things with a few people in that marriage, in and out of that marriage including possibly having an open marriage. And so my mother said, why would you get up and slap somebody over a woman that you're allowing to be in an open marriage anyway? Because your care should cover multiple bases and not just one. And I'm like, "Mm, I'm not quite there with that because it doesn't mean that you don't love that person. That just means you have an agreement. And so yeah, and I'm not condoning that either. That's not my style, but it, clearly it is theirs and it's their marriage to, to manage. So I feel like I've been inundated with a lot of messages around how many times has, quote unquote, Jada allowed Will to be humiliated. And so this one time he stands up for her, is this an equitable relationship? Mm. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. I don't have a good answer for you. But that that takes in the complexity once again, because like I said at the top of the show, no, I'm not having any woman of color humiliated in my presence. No, I don't want to have that ever in my presence. And their relationship is complicated, which I think, in fact, makes us have a complicated relationship as the general public general public in their business. Mm-hmm. We're complicated by it. So. I didn't know how to reply to mama, but I just knew that <laughs> it, it does play into the perception of what will should or should not have done.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I just, I
3: think so many moving parts to that because I, I, okay. So let me start off like Malika. I'm a huge Will Smith fan. Mm-hmm. I will always be a Will Smith. There's just something about his story, his history, how far he's come along. I just, it resonates with me when men especially men of color people of color from marginalized communities they don't have good growing up like it's just and they've come so far you know and they're just there were so many moving parts to that because I like like people like I I, I was overhearing some folks talk about it on the metro and they're like he shouldn't have done that and like violence is this and violence is that I'm like I'm like rolling my eyes I'm not a believer in like you know violence. I you know, love peace and love. I'm all about that. Yes, peace and love. But here's the other side of it. There are shows like Love, um, Basketball Wives, Hip Hop, like all these other shows that have a ton of Black folk, a ton of Latino folk. A love a ton. They are smacking each other left and right. It is sensationalized. Now, is it because is in a stage of the academy that's predominantly Sort of like kept behind this like amazingness <laughs> castle made up of people who are not represented of that that is Bill Smith or Chris Rock or Jada Pinkett Smith that make it this even worse. Because let me tell you, mm, those yeah. shows, those reality shows, that's what sort of with those people that makes money so quickly. But nobody's out here talking about that. That gets blasted all over the media, Twitter. Then nobody's out here like, did that just really happen? No, they're like, ooh, she should have smacked them harder. Or he could have smacked him harder. So I'm just trying to figure out sort of the juxtaposition of like mm-hmm. Chris Rock, Black man. And Will Smith listening to this. He's He is laughing. The camera points directly to Jada because I, I wanted to watch it from beginning to end. The camera points directly to Jada after Chris Rock does that. You can see her uncomfortableness. okay. She rolls her eyes. She is uncomfortable. Like, you really going to come for me like this? Will Smith catches it, so he's laughing. And I think, Malika, you said this so beautifully. You're like, nah, bruh. You're not going to do that to me on national television and think you're going to get away with it. I don't think in the moment he was thinking, I'm Will Smith, the actor. He was thinking, I'm Will Smith, a man who grew up watching heavy shit happen. You're not going to do that or play me like that on national television, on my biggest night when my woman is here with me, like amid all the stuff that black people have had to experience these last two years and you being a black man, I'm gonna get you right now. And here comes the smack, right? And in my head, my brothers and I had talked about this. He was like, they were like, well, you know, the smack, people get smack when they don't, they don't get, they're, they're not deserving of a punch because a punch says, you're a man. A slap is more like, yeah, you're not good enough to get punched. A slap is what you're gonna get. Ooh. yes <laughs> oh. so there were so many I was like yeah he, they were like yeah that's sort of the code that we got I was like well I don't know I didn't I wasn't running around a muck with all of them growing up in the middle of the night but wow. that's those are my 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 thoughts and I think Dr. Ingerfield you when you're like where was Jada's voice in all this it just mm-hmm. got lost it got lost in, in all of this and it's just kind of like I, I want people to sort of take a step back and just realize there's some, it's not as easy as like he slapped him. And then this needs to happen. There's so many moving parts. and it's like, it's not as easy as like let's expel him from the Academy. I, I, I personally don't believe that should happen. Um, I think there are other repercussions that we can talk about that could happen, but I, I would hope that doesn't happen. But since he resigned, I'm already heartbroken about that.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. No, but you're bringing up a good point, Andrea, because I, So, of course, with all of this happening with the Oscars and so forth, there's been a lot of um, historians coming forth with information on, you know, people have been saying, oh, well, you know, this is the most despicable thing that's ever happened to the Oscars. And it's like, hold up, go back into the history. Hattie McDaniel not been able to come through the front door to receive her Oscar and having to sit next to a wall beside her manager. That is despicable. Or John Wayne threatening to commit violence against a Native American actress. For I mean, we got plenty of history, plenty enough. And I'm not saying that to vouch for will. I'm simply saying, let's look at this in the history of things and Absolutely. remember how white supremacy has been going on all along yeah. Yeah. in right. this whole thing, because, Lisa, it's something we kind of mentioned before when it comes to this part of me and I, I have to admit and y'all take it where you want to go with this, but this is just my God's honest truth. The first thing I said to my mom when she asked me what I thought, I said, oh my God, mama, these Black men have gone out here and showed their tail in front of all these white folks. We are get brought back yes. to the Oscars. Yes. Because remember, we were just in hashtag Oscar so white. Right. And now that more diversity right. is amongst the Academy, we got more And I I felt like I was having a house conversation in public with millions of eyes through a camera watching when I'm like, y'all need to have that conversation at the house. okay? Mm -hmm. don't have that here. Have that at the house. And admittedly, and I know that my entire view on that is shaped by white supremacy. I claim that. But that was my initial response when my mom asked me is, why are our people out here showing our tail and acting a damn fool in front of these white folks? I promise you, that's the first thing I thought. And of course, I have to back off of that and examine myself for why I feel right. that little tinge of shame. I'm not saying hold shame because I didn't do it, but we think in community. No, I, I believe that yeah. black people think in community and mm-hmm. underrepresented people think in their community, not just, oh, we'll slap Chris. No, black folks acted a fool at the Oscars.
2: That's absolutely what we're because we have to infiltrate. Uh, my spaces where we are the minority and that is what people think of us and so it wasn't that I felt so ready it was a knee-jerk reaction it was like oh hell hat dang it now I, I I I mean literally now I've got to contend with not that that's how I feel but I know they are epitomizing exactly what millions of white people already think about us. And in that moment, you do feel like you're wearing this label um, or it doesn't apply to me because I'm, I'm a different black person. I'm, I'm above my race. And that's why you don't experience it in connection with me. So absolutely. I really, I resonated. I had the emotion before I could even pinpoint it before I could even think it, I was like, Oh, this ultimate, Oh, embarrassment because my people have exposed us again.
0: Yes, yes. And, and let's take it, you know, another demographic that we haven't mentioned quite yet in this conversation when it comes to the Oscars, socioeconomic status. So, okay, white folks who may be very ignorant may put, quote unquote, black on black qu- crime and all those types of things on certain people of color in a different socioeconomic status, right? Mm-hmm. But when you have... Damn near a billion dollars on one stage, and the actions to white people may seem the same way as two brothers on the street. That's when socioeconomic status doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because look, I was nosy when it came to the numbers. As my mom and I were talking about it, she was saying, you know, how is this going to affect uh, Will's career? And I looked it up. I'm like, first of all, Jada's worth 20 million by herself, Will is worth 350 million by himself, and Chris is worth a little under 250 million by himself. Mm. We're not talking about money anymore. We're not. But that's where the conundrum comes in. is like, oh, I know people are going to be looking at Black folks like y'all are all the same. It don't matter whether you have money or not, fame or not, Oscar or not, y'all just going to act a fool if given the opportunity. And that's where that drop of shame yeah. continues to just sprinkle on me a little bit that I wish wasn't there. But we think in community we we well, think in
2: community to your point Sean, the thought that i had is oh will you about they about to show you that you're a black oh, yes you're about to see the fallout from this you're about to feel the true reality not your 350 million not your best actor uh, oscar uh, you know award performance they are going to show you systematically through institutional racism and the penalties that you're still a Black man in America, right? Um, mm. and, and I think with the, the talk of what the Netflix show being on hold and Bad Boys 4, you know, allegedly being on hold, even though they say, well, that's not really true. It's conceptual. Um, the irony is it's this, this sense of America has never shamed violence. We, we shame it, but yet we thrive on it. And if you think about, his depth of work, bad boys, one, two, three, now four, it's the created violence, right? Independence day. It's, it's uh, uh, wild, wild west. It's violence. And so it's almost laughable Ali. now. Ali, Ali itself. Right. Ali itself. So now a slap, a real slap becomes abhorrent to millions of dollars on produced violence for and the children have seen it and the FCC I think they said 66 people complained at the FCC because my child saw for real y'all again not supporting it not condoning it but I, I just think it's gone <laughs> a bit I mean yeah you may I just like <laughs> you said
3: that about the kids were the kids saw the violence I'm, I'm, you know what I want to do? I'm like, you know what, Won't you be quiet, please, the kids saw the violence, let's not use that line. Okay, because I feel like they they're trying to weaponize mm-hmm. something that's happened and not understanding the, the, the complexity behind it. Yeah. It's not as simple as like, well, he's like, do you do you know why this happened? Can we just take a step back and just like, talk through this and figure out all the moving parts of it? Because what about Jada Pickett Smith? What about, I mean, to your point, Malika, like the 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 violence, it is sensationalized, but mm-hmm. it's because it's on this night of the mm-hmm. Oscars, mm-hmm. of like this elitist way mm-hmm. of thinking mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. nothing should go wrong, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Everyone mm-hmm. has to just take it. No, I think I think he was it wasn't Will Smith, the actor. I think it was Will Smith, the man, the black man. And I think what what I am saddened about is that. He's going to experience that, like the fallout. We're, we're slowly starting to see that Netflix and like the movie, like it's just slow. And I just I hope that there's an opportunity for for society to be like, Will Smith can come back from this.
2: I think there's one last point. I know we have to transition to exit, but I also think they've talked a lot about the what. Chris Rock was able to maintain in the moment right um, how he made a punchline out of actually getting slapped in the face um, how he was able to keep the program moving and then the stuff he did behind stage to actually refuse for Will Smith to be removed and the actions by the academy actually were because will I mean because Chris Rock said no I do not want him arrested no I do not want him dragged out of his seat he was still able to, in some kind of way, to hold tension for what the night was and the optics on all those subsequent uh, And I think um, how he was able to do that, um, as we say, you know, and remain professional amongst so much um, turmoil and apologize to the host and the individuals to say, this moment went completely left um, in a way that it shouldn't. And you know, we don't have time to dig into this, but I'm like, well, what would happen if Chris Rock had just got up and delivered the documentary award? And not actually took time to ad lib and make fun of people. Like, if the job was really to introduce the best actor for the documentary and Quest Love win, what would have happened if he had just come out and done that instead of picking on people to actually tell um, inappropriate jokes? That whole moment might have not happened. So, there's some responsibility for Chris Rock in a way, too.
0: Yeah. Well, I know, Lisa, Malika and Andrea have already said that they are still super fans of Will. I I think we should all kind of land on are we still fans? And if so, you know, why? Maybe Um, because I think that's where, you know, there's a little bit of a division, a line in the sand, if you will, in regards to that. So, Lisa, what are you thinking? I know that you've been a fan in the past. Are you still going to be a fan or, or are you changing your thoughts on that?
1: No, I'm, I'm still a fan. Um, I, I went through a whole like developmental process in the space of like two hours after it happened in terms of like, originally I wanted to justify it. Then I was like, no, that's okay. And then I was like, well, what about Jada? And then I'm like, oh my gosh, there's all of these implications of two black men in a white space. And what is this going to do? You know, ultimately I think our conversation has, um, deepened my understanding of the complexity of these issues. And I, I think it would be wrong to cast Will Smith aside. I, I think that would be disingenuous. I think that would be troublesome.
0: So no, I still kind of love him. I still kind of love him. I love that. I love that. Andrea, what are you saying? Still a super fan or, or feelings changed?
3: Still super fan. I stand by him. I think he has a lot to give. I think he does amazing work. I think his emotional impact in movies is not just who he is in movies, it's just who he is outside of that. And I think if society can look at him differently, understand all of who Will Smith is, apart from the $350 million, then we could start thinking a little bit more differently about what it means for this to have happened in society in a large part, but. I'm mm-hmm. with you Will Smith, I got you boo and do.
2: Malika, what say ye? still a will smith fan um a running joke between my husband and i is that will smith is my real husband my first husband is is will smith so even he knows that right um but i can also say that i as i look at how this unfolds i'm troubled by how we have to position celebrities in such a high space right that can good people do bad things can will smith be an amazing actor with with three decades of um robust work and contribution to the academy and had a lapse of judgment and did something that was totally inappropriate and inexcusable. But yet we need to have people perfect. And that allows us in our lives to be imperfect because we have this group or suite of people that are like Messiah level. Right. And so my my critique has been, why do we do that to people? Can yes, it was egregious. But is he still human? Is he still he puts on his pants every day like like the rest of us leg by leg right he still is a he's an actor he's a, he's a father and so no he should not be excused but should his whole body of work be damned because he messed up how many of us mess up what's what's your biggest mess up if we saw your biggest mess up on on national international tv what would that look like so i i still have empathy for him in a way that i would want empathy for myself
0: Yeah, I I walk away from Will with a maybe. I can't give a absolute super fan or not. I'm still on the fence with it because number one, I can't imagine my life without the Bad Boys trilogy and without Ali. Everyone on the planet knows that Muhammad Ali is my icon, if you will, when it comes to social justice and so forth. So. Yeah, I got a thing for that just by um, uh, by proximity of will to the uh, to Muhammad Ali himself. Um, and I'm in a place where damn it, I want accountability. I'm raising two sons, 11 and 7. And if they walk up on somebody and slap the piss out of them, they get to go home for a week. And there's accountability for what they do when they do it. And so if I'm expecting my 11 year old and my seven year old to behave a certain way, then I would expect a 50 something year old international icon who's had 30 years of experience being in the public eye to make a different decision. And so for me, my hope is that his Oscar for King William does not get taken away because that was something that he had already performed prior to all of this happening. So I believe that that should stay. Before he resigned, I wasn't quite sure whether he should remain a member of the academy or not, because I assumed that they had some type of values and standards for how they comport themselves. And so I do think there should be some accountability there. But I am of the camp, similar to to you, Malika and Andrea. I don't want to throw the baby out in the bathwater as far as, oh, let's throw everything out because of one mistake, because goodness gracious, if anyone did that to me. Nah, I got so many mistakes. It's it's enough for you not even to know my name. And so given that, where does the grace come in? And how do we get to a place where, you know, Jada said it herself on her uh, Instagram, this is a season of healing. So I want to see exactly what that looks like, because I know Will was already on a bit of a trajectory with that, given his book and some other things he's done. I'm just wondering if this gives a grand opportunity for him to do some deeper work so that the demons don't get to fighting on the stage yet again, because we know he will be on other stages beyond this one. Right. So anyway, Lisa, I think we had an excellent um, podcast because let me tell you, I have been stewing over this topic forever and I needed an outlet to have this conversation. So thank you all for bringing things to my mind that I hadn't thought of. Yeah, it was a good one, wasn't it? I agree. And, you know,
1: I just want to underscore why we wanted to have this conversation with you all because this issue um, has been seen around the world, right? And everyone has an opinion, even people that probably shouldn't have one have one. And you're going to have these conversations in your endurance sports spaces, right? Because I would be shocked if it has not already come up. And this um, seemingly Clear cut issue, I think we're all trying to articulate is not clear cut at all and is deep and messy and troubling and historic and contextual and all of the words you want to add to that list. So think about that when something like this happens or something akin to this happens in your endurance sport club, right? How about not jumping to a conclusion and actually taking the time to pass through it to understand that there's depth there.
4: Whether you run, ride, hike, or swim, you understand what it means to push harder, reach farther, and go the extra mile. This relentless drive runs in your blood. That's why Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to build endurance, boost energy, and optimize your health for the long haul. Created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your body. And when you connect Inside Tracker with your Fitbit or Garmin, you'll also unlock real time recovery pro tips after you complete your workout. It's like having your own personal trainer and nutritionist in your pocket. For a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to Insidetracker.com forward slash feisty and use the code feisty for 20% off. That's insidetracker.com forward slash feisty.
1: Unphased, a podcast produced by Lift Feisty Media and supported by the Outspoken Women in Triathlon
0: Summit. Edited and produced by the fabulous Lindsay Glassford. Email
1: us at info at unfazedpodcast.com and find us on social at try to defy at Dr. Gold Speaks, or at Outspoken Women in Try. I'm Lisa. I'm Shauna.
0: Thanks for listening. Stay Unfazed, folks. See you next time.